What's up, everybody? It's your best friend, Trevaris. And your baby daddy, Dom. And this is Beach Tea Podcast! I'm good. Tired of being in the house. Okay. We also are joined here by Honey, if you hear any heavy breathing. She seems to be in a very good mood today. Honey, back up. Stop. <laughs> Stop. Sit down. Sit down. Thank you. She's not going to stay. Stop. That hurts. She'll left upstairs. Okay. Okay. All right. We are also joined here, even though we missed Mother's Day. We did. Um, okay. To be fair... It's not that we really missed Mother's Day, uh-huh. but people had plans on Mother's Day, and we didn't plan that people would have plans, plans. on Mother's gotcha. Day. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. We just felt like since it was coronial times, that everybody was just going to be available, available in the house. But that ain't how that worked. People put their mask on and go on about their business. Right. My um, mom went to my grandma's house. Anyway, <laughs> my mother is here. Hello, Stacy Boyd. Hi. How are you? Great. how are you dominic i'm good haven't seen you in two weeks two weeks yes how are you yeah two weeks Mm -hmm. um i'm good i ain't been doing shit okay here chilling just here yeah i went to the fabric store okay um that was a journey okay um they had a sign outside on the doors that Mm -hmm. it now says no mask no service okay and they will turn you away, or you can buy one of the masks that they sell there. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, so I didn't have a mask. Oh, you really? I know. I literally, I thought I had <laughs> one. I thought I had one in the car, like an mm-hmm. extra one. So I went out to the car. There wasn't anything there. So I was like, man, forget that. So I was like, I done came all the way to this fabric store. I'm not going back home. So I was like, well, maybe there's like a little store down the street that's selling masks. I'll just get like a little cheap one, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I, I was driving and driving. And I was like, mm, I don't really see much of nothing but like food places. Right. So then I saw CVS. Yes. So I was like, okay, CVS, they might have something in there. So I went into CVS and um, they had actually like the little medical face mask. So I just bought like a little pack of those. Mm-hmm. And then I went back to the store, got some fabric, but it was like hella people in the fabric store. Mm-hmm. And it was just getting on my nerves. Cause this one lady, so this one lady in the fabric store, mm-hmm. you know how they have the, they have the long table where they cut. Yeah. And you know, you lay your, your fabric on the end. Right. Well, this lady, she kept like going down the aisle, finding fabric, laying it on the table, going back down the aisle. Mm-hmm. And so like, she had like all these, rolls of fabric yeah but there was actual people in line trying to get fabric cut right so then the people are looking like is this yours is this yours is this yours and people are like no that's not mine that's right. not mine and it's like ma'am like wait till you're ready wait until you're ready or like they have you know they have a little shopping cart so like just put it all in a shopping cart right and they'll get to you sis but right. like you cluttering up the table like they can't even cut people's yards because they got to slide and you your don't, stuff down and you don't care like mm-hmm. and you don't care she and you don't care wait Right. Um, all right. So do you have a beach of the week? I do have a beach of the week. Okay. 
Um, there is a girl. I don't know her name. Okay. I saw her. Somebody posted, like, reposted her Instagram on Twitter. Okay. So I saw it on Twitter first. So yes. I was like, okay, cool. I'm gonna go to her Instagram. Maybe her name will be on the Instagram. Right. I still can't find her name, so I don't know her name, but I know her Instagram, uh-huh. like, at, and it's called, um, Magnify the Sun. Okay. So, she takes magnifying glasses, mm-hmm. but, like, they're all different sizes and, like, thicknesses and stuff like yeah. that, and she uses the sun to burn images into wood, and it's, like, but it's, like, a painting, like... Oh, I thought it was one girl like, with portraits. braids, wasn't it? Yeah, I think I she did, like, yeah. portraits and all kinds of stuff, but it's, like, it's really neat... And she only uses like, um, like recycled or reclaimed wood, yeah. or whatever. Like she doesn't like go down, chop down new trees. Right. But it's like old rec- unreclaimed. Um, what was I say? Unreclaimed, reclaimed yeah, wood, whatever. whatever. Yeah. But she uses that plus the sun and her magnifying glasses to make like artwork. Make artwork. Really? Yeah, and it's super dope. And she looks like hella time, young. Though. Like she's yeah. probably got to be like nineteen, twenty, right? Somewhere around there. I thought it took a long time though. Right, I guess I'm once like, you get the if you get the sun right to capture a big but enough. The thing is, like when you watch her process, mm. some of the magnifying glasses that she uses mm. will get like really fine lines, but oh, then God. some of the ones she uses, like it'll shade and do like more right. coverage or whatever. But I was just like, how did you figure out you knew how to do that? Right, probably just playing around. I don't know. <laughs> like, you gotta be. You gotta be just playing with a magnifying glass right, one day. Like, hmm, this yeah. is interesting. Then some stuff pop off, and then you're like, okay. Right. But yeah, so she's my peach of the week. I don't know her name, but Magnify the Sun is her Instagram. Gotcha. Um, I have two. Um, one is to Issa Rae. <coughs> um, I haven't seen the episode that just aired, so okay. I don't Well, it. I'm not gonna spoil it. I just, I really enjoyed this season of Insecure. Yeah. And just her, like... Just now, she started from, like, doing YouTube videos with the, I think, Awkward Black Girl. Mm-hmm. And to just now having her own show and still doing, like, movies and giving black artists a chance to shine through, like, you know, music and writing and production and just, like, really employing black people. Did you see that movie? The, the, pho- pho- the photograph? No, I heard it was really good, though. It was really good. And it, for me, it solidifies the fact that black people like a black cast Mm -hmm. can have a romantic comedy or like a a love story that's like not filled with like abuse or slavery yeah or you know what i'm saying like it's it was it was a normal ass like real life love story right so so yes but i yeah yeah. it's great so shout out to her and then my last one goes to trinity k bonet um, I forgot what season the drag race she was on. Six. But she has really been vocal about the racism that is going on. I've noticed. Um, with drag race fans, we only have one black girl in the finale now. Mm-hmm. And the white kids are wearing her thin and saying that she shouldn't win and saying how black girls don't have as much talent as the other black girls. I and saw one post where they called her a she, she they called her a gorilla. Yeah. But it's just like... How she wasn't pretty and this and yeah. I just appreciate her. And it's not even like her trying to bring like attention to herself, but more so like, this is what drag queens go through, especially black drag queens. Like Yeah, because I'm pretty sure after her season, people had stuff to say yeah, about her. So, so yeah, I just appreciate her just being vocal about, you know, what's going on, especially just how 
we keep saying certain things about how, you know, there's not enough black people being represented in the production of RuPaul's Drag Race. And mm-hmm. people, even black drag queens have got on the show and said how other drag queens' fans are very rude and then that drag mm-hmm. queen is like, this is not true, this is not true. So just to bring light to like, this is what's going on. It's more. This is more than just a reality show. Like, people are racist and being rude about it. And it's just a competition. Like, this is not going to do with you. Yeah. So, I just appreciate her for that. Did you see the, um, did you see Bob's, um, YouTube, um, uh, where he, um, he actually called one of the fans on, like, mm-hmm. Zoom or something like that, and they had, like, a conversation about stuff. Oh, no. Yeah, so, you know, Bob has been wearing the same, like, gingham print. Oh, yeah. So, he made a comment about Aiden Zane wearing the same little black bowl cut wig yeah. or whatever. So, one of the fans, like, went on Twitter and was like, Going off on Bob, well, yeah. you shouldn't be talking because you wear that same ugly print and blah, 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 right. blah, like, just going off. So, Bob was like, do you mind if I call you one day right. and we have a conversation? And so, they actually, he actually put their conversation up on YouTube because it was, like, a video call or whatever. Okay. But they had, like, a whole conversation about, like, the incident, like, why people, right. like, you know what I'm saying, go off on certain things, but they'll allow other things. And it's just, yeah. it's good. I got you. So yeah. Okay, so now uh, this week's brew of the week. Um, yeah. The tea is exceptionally good today. Who made this? Mmm, mm, very delicious. Hold on. Let's start with mm-hmm. white people. White people ain't at their finest. Is it a bunch of Karens? Mm, no. It's not. Um, the Richmond Police Department received a call around 8.30 p.m. last night reporting a road rage incident in the Lakeside neighborhood. Upon arriving on the site, the officers saw a Ford Escape model SUV driving back and forth aggressively and rapidly noticed a man lying motionless on the ground <gasps> below the vehicle's tires. The officers intervened and were able to, at gunpoint, um, to get the driver to stop her rampage. According to... RPD spokesman Lieutenant Craig Smith, 28-year-old Samantha Warren, was infuriated and kept screaming obscenities as she was getting arrested. The officers were trying to read her her rights, but she kept yelling at her... Wait... Yelling. At her husband, telling him to go to hell. Lieutenant Smith says that during Miss Warren's arrest, and while she was still frantic, her grandmother came out the house in lingerie to explain the whole thing. Whoa. She told the policeman that the young woman had returned from work earlier than usual and caught her grandmother and her husband naked together in 69 position. I admit this is one of the sickest adultery I've ever heard of, but it's still illegal to react the way she did. She needs to learn a better, she needs to learn to choose better her, um, her partners and her man, her and manage her anger. Ms. Warren's husband, 30-year-old Eric Leonard, was transported to the VCU Medical Center where doctors considered his condition as critical but stable. He suffers oh. at least 57 bone fractures, including a severe skull fracture and nine broken ribs, as well as several other severe injuries. Samantha Warren will now face a total of 57 criminal charges, including assault and battery, aggravated assault, and attempted murder. If found guilty on all charges, she could face the death penalty or a sentence of 215 years of imprisonment. She was released this morning on a $20,000 bail and is expected to be back in court in March for the beginning of her trial. Mama was mad. 
Baby. First of all, my grandmother and my husband, that's what I have an issue with. I don't yeah. understand that. Like, oh, Jesus. That's a lot to unpack right there. Her grandma better be fine. Like, <laughs> like no, because you know how, like, some parents, like, if I was a young parent mm-hmm. and then my child had a child at a young age, right. so, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I've known age. people, like, there was a girl. But it's her grandmother that skipped her mother. No, but I'm saying, like, <laughs> I know, there was a girl that I went to college with. Mm-hmm. Her mom had her when she was 16. Mm-hmm. But her grandmother had her mom when she was, like, 14. So, like, oh, okay. her grandmother... Right, close in age. Yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, like, her her grandma, like, what, 30, 40-something? Right. And you in your 20s. So, it's like, yeah. you know, if your husband sleep with your grandma, like, that could be a thing. Yeah. But yeah, if yes. your grandma is wearing the pins around the house, like, Not even that the pins, just sexy. If you looking like a grandma, like, <laughs> in lingerie. Oh, um, in other news. That's trifling though. I probably would have hit my grandma. <laughs> she would just have to go. Like, we done for real. Yeah, Henry, had to go. Henry W. Dexter, 57, was arrested last October for the murder of his roommate, John Bellamont, 63, after a dispute over a video game. Dexter surprised the judge. Wait the, a minute. Run it back. One of them is 63 and the other one is how? 57. And they got into a dispute over a video game. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, keep going. Dexter, who was arrested, surprised the judges, the audience, and even his own attorney during his trial after confessing to at least 30 killings in, in total, 19 of which the FBI has sen- um, since been able to confirm. I did it because I became pretty good at Fortnite, too good, I guess, and I got bored, so I wanted to try the real thing, and I guess I just got hooked, he told surprised judge. What I really like in Fortnite is building ramps and walls to protect myself. I could have killed way more if I could have built those, but I'm still proud of the kills scored regardless, he told the stunned audience. Judge Andrew Patterson later asked the accused if he had any remorse or regret for the lives he had taken, to which Henry W. Dexter responded that he wished some of his victims had died swifter and more painless deaths. In Fortnite, people don't sob or cry before they are totally dead. They just walk on... They just walk on all fours. It took me like 30 minutes to kill an old lady by hitting her repeatedly with a frying pan. So, yes, I regret not having better weapons for more swift kills. He said, visibly disconnected from reality. Although Dexter's attorney had asked for a more lenient sentence because of his client suffering from a number of mental disorders, the judge sentenced him to a total of 10,093 years in prison for the gravity of his crimes. That's why you don't let your kids sit up at night playing the video games all late at night. When I say go to bed, go to bed. He definitely was disconnected from reality. Like, very disconnected from reality. Like, you hit a lady with a frying pan. 30 times. And regretted that you... And the thing is, you don't regret the killing. You regret not having a better weapon. Right. Right. Like, that is... That's really (laughs) crazy. Like, that is hella crazy. Last story. And you that old? You 57? Probably was in the war. Um, probably was in the war. That's okay, so this is a bunch of French stuff, so bear with me. Jacques Denorit had previously won many prestigious awards in his decade-long ownership of restaurant Le Guillon 
including the coveted Michelin three-star rating. Oh, that's good. The restaurant, situated in France, in an area of France, which borders Switzerland and Italy, had reached a status for its creme souffle, which... What? Gastronomes? Oh, yes. Which gastronomes from around the world would travel... Oh, people. Tourists. Um, <laughs> would travel from around the world just to taste the high-end dessert. Um, okay, let's give it away. After laboratory analysts of the creme souffle, Mr. Denorit was forced to admit that the secret ingredients he used was human semen from one of his employees. Attorney Luck Rochelle of the firm told reporters, my employee from which we procured the special ingredient did not tell me that he had contracted herpes and syphilis and has since been fired. Chef Jacques Durner admitted after the truth was exposed in the media. Chef Denorit was also forced to admit that he had paid his employee bonuses at work for their production of semen, which amounted to up to two liters certain days. Um, you would masturbate in a cup, which you would then brought to the chef. You would then weigh it in front of you and pay you a bonus at the end of the week. One former employee told reporters under the guise of anatomy. Um, employees were also encouraged to collect and refrigerate semen at home and even bring in their used condoms filled with coveted sperm, spermatozoids. Chef Deniriet has since offered public apologies to those who have contracted genital herpes and possibly syphilis, but still criticized the taboo over sperm describing as an extraordinary culinary ingredient, which has much to offer modern cuisine, and it is a typical aromas and unique flavor. No. That's disgusting. No. Um, 37 customers contracted the herpes. Is anybody suing him? It didn't say. They better be. Or he gonna end up in a, in a, in a river somewhere. But is he going to jail is my thing. Like, you need to be going to jail for this. Right. Restaurant shut down. Right. Oh, oh that's automatic. And all, and all your rewards that y'all got. That three Michelin star, take all the We're awards. taking all the awards away. We're taking all the accolades away. We're taking the ingredient away from you. Like, you cannot you cannot create this dish no, if you get a you restaurant can't back. Cook ever. Yeah. Ever. Maybe so, you be serving spaghettios to the inmates. <laughs> Go somewhere. Mm-mm. So, yeah, that's, that's uh, Brew of the Week. Oh, that's so gross. So now, let's get into today's topic. Since we have my lovely mother here. <laughs> um, since we didn't talk about it last week, let's just talk about all things mothering and being a mother and having children and life as a woman and things. Okay? Okay. It's just a conversation. <laughs> Do you, oh, okay. I mean, you have oh, front wow. and back. Just a few questions. I thought that was bullet points for the show. Mm-mm, questions. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a few questions. Right. You know. You want to go first then? No, I mean, this your mama. I mean. <laughs> okay, sure. All right. Um. I guess I'll just keep, I got some simple questions. How did you meet my father, and how long were y'all together before y'all had me? Oh, that's a good one. Um, we met in cosmetology school. Okay. When I graduated high school, 
I started cosmetology school mm -hmm. at a PWI. Okay. <laughs> and I thought this is not what I want to do because all of the clientele that came in for us to work on were old white ladies. Right. They didn't have hair like me. So I decided to transfer okay. to another school mm -hmm. where people had hair like me. Right. And um, one side was cosmetology and the other side was barbering. Okay. And your dad was on the barbering side. Gotcha. So that's how we met. Okay. And, um, you know, it really wasn't like a how long we were together type situation. Right. It just kind of happened. Gotcha. And, um. What do you mean it just kind of happened? <laughs> like the relationship just kind of happened? Or the baby just kind of happened? Um. The baby just kind of happened because it wasn't really a relationship. It, it, um, I mean, you know, we were dating, right. but it wasn't like exclusive, exclusive like... relationship. Okay. Oh, so y'all had Trey before y'all got married? Yes. Hmm. So then you feel like that just kind of made you, does that mean that you like, or y'all just stayed in or created a relationship because y'all had me? Like you feel like you were forced to stay together or something? Yes. Um, I mean, because we weren't really in a in an exclusive relationship right. and then I got pregnant and I just kind of felt like I didn't really want to be bothered right. during pregnancy. That's how I felt. Right. Like I just I just didn't want to be bothered. I don't know if it was hormones or right. what, but but the way he dealt with me during labor and delivery, mm -hmm. I just had a whole new... It was like a... Um, You ever hear women say, when I was pregnant, all I did was eat ice. And yeah. then once mm -hmm. I had the baby, I didn't want ice anymore. Mm -hmm. That's how I felt. Like, I didn't want to be bothered with him. Yeah. And when I had you, it was just like... Like it changed. A, like a yeah. light around him. Like right. it changed because he really stuck by me. Like right. during the whole labor. And it was like three days because I was in pain, but yeah. I wasn't dilating. Right. Oh. And the pain was in my back. Right. So he would just like come over to my parents' house and he would like rub my back and, mm -hmm. you know, all of that, and after he had worked from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m., he would come over and just, mm, you know. Right. And it was just like the whole the whole thing. Right. And we are six years apart, so I think that he was more ready than I was. Okay. Um, because he had done a lot. He right. had experienced a lot of life, so it was just a different experience for him, right. you know, so... He just really was a proud father. Right. Not to say that I wasn't a proud mother, but I was young and right. I felt like I wanted to do more How old things. Were you? I was nineteen. Oh, yeah. So, um, when you were born, I was still living at home mm -hmm. and my parents were ten years apart. So right. my mom was forty when she had me and my dad was fifty. Mm -hmm. So by now Right they're like you know, 
somebody knocking on the door, if it's not Trey's dad, he don't need to be over here. Right. Like, what what are you doing? Like, you know, so he felt a responsibility. He really did. He He said, I hate to keep hearing your parents, you know, talk to you like that or Mm-hmm. Make you feel like you in bondage or whatever. So right. he was like, let's just get married and, you know, right. raise our child. So that's what we did. So how long were y'all married? 21 years. 21 years. Yes. Hmm. Oh. <laughs> um, so wait when did... Oh, wait. I Are got you... questions. Okay, well, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> no. Okay. So when you found out you were pregnant, did you ever think about... An abortion? No. Never. Oh, that's good. Um, and I think I it just never crossed my mind. It was it was ne- I, I don't know if it was because I didn't know anybody that had experienced that. I hadn't right. I wasn't in any circles where it was talked about. I heard about a girl when we were in high school that did it and she died. Oh wow. But that wasn't yeah. I didn't fear it because I didn't know her. I didn't know, right. you know, right. I it just no heard impact. about it. Yeah. It didn't have an impact on me. Yeah. So it was never even, a, I just, it never crossed my mind. I never thought about it. Well, that's good. Okay. So should I just ask all my questions or how are we going to do this? <laughs> I mean, I just had that question because oh, yeah. y'all, okay. you were starting at the beginning. So I was gotcha. like, that's a beginning yeah. question. Okay. Um, would you have wanted more kids? Like if you felt like maybe you were ready or could afford or have like the lifestyle to have a bigger family? To be honest, I never desired to have children. Oh, wow. As I was was growing up, I didn't desire to have children. Mm -hmm. After you, I didn't want any more because of the way my labor and delivery went. It was really hard. And I wasn't able to get medicine because I would shake whenever I would have a contraction. And that's when they do the epidural when while you're having a contraction. And that's in your back. And if they stick you in the wrong place, you could be paralyzed and stuff. So it was really hard. And I was like traumatized. So without even talking to him, I got the five-year birth control oh i just did it right and because i figured i don't want any more kids i don't want to do that anymore and so um once that five years was over Uh he really started talking about how he wanted a girl he wanted you know not to say that it was guaranteed we would have a girl but he wanted another baby right so when you got the five-year birth control you said you got it without telling him but did you eventually tell him that you got it oh he knew that i was getting it i just didn't discuss it it was already okay you know it is what it is like whether you say yes or no i'm getting it (laughs) um this is what i'm doing like i had Talk, like you know, the doctors ask you, "Are you getting your tubes tied? Are you right. what? Are you, what right. is your birth control option?" Right. That's what I'm doing. Okay. So it was <laughs> right. my decision. Did he feel some I type just, of way? I don't remember that he did. No. Okay. No, I don't. Um. Maybe because he saw. Right. Know? The pain and stuff. Yeah. yeah so he probably so, understood it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. When did it become churchy? Like, I feel like at some point, I mean, I feel like for me, I was just born into it. But like, knowing that he has a background of like Jehovah's Witness and yeah. when did... You were not born into it. Um, It happened 
We got married. You were five months old when we got married. Okay. And it was probably a year later. Okay. Like, you know, you were very young. Okay. But um, the way it happened, like your dad... He would work 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. He mm-hmm. would bring friends home from work with him, and they would sit around the table, play cards, and drink gin at 6 in the morning. Like, Oof. right? smoking weed, drinking. Like, comp- we had company all the time. Like, right. I would wake up, and people would be laid out sleep on my living room floor. Like, because they worked all night, right. and they just came in and drunk all this drink, whatever. Right. And, and then pass smoke out on the floor. and just pass go to out. sleep. Like he would, or come in the room, Bernard, and uh, on the floor sleep. Right. Like you know, whatever. So, right. but I I remember one night I was sitting in the dining room at the table. I don't know what I was doing, mm-hmm. but he was out on the balcony smoking, uh-huh. and he just came in the house and said, "That was my last cigarette." And I was like, what? <laughs> like, like, he just had, like, God dealt with him. He right. had something happened On right. to him. And right. he just said, that was my last cigarette. And I was like, okay. Like, you know, I was <laughs> right. just like, okay. Because you don't, you don't smoke or drink or anything. No. Okay. I mean, I, I have an occasional drink, but they were drinkers. Right. Like, what you call them? The you flask. know, the Seagram's with the handle on it. Oh, baby. <laughs> like, oh. yeah. oh, they turning it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, for real, for real. And, I mean, you know, that's how Andre has always... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. His brother, you it's know. <laughs> but, um, that's just... That was... That's what they did. Like, right. they didn't party. They didn't, yeah. like, go, go out, out clubbing. Right. It was just at house kickback. Because you know homie. how your dad was. He liked company. Yeah, like, yeah. he went big for company. Yeah. And so that's just how, like, our neighbors, Pastor Dino, who's a uh-huh. pastor now, yeah. they was big-time drug dealers right wow. downstairs from us. So between them and us... Like it so was So you was a trap always, queen. Okay. Yes. Yes. I ain't gonna do this. Your mama was a trap queen. I ain't gonna do this. No, I yes. <laughs> but I mean, you know. So okay, so my question is, when all of that was happening, like how did that make you feel? Because like as a parent, it's like, okay, you have a young child, but yeah. then you have like all these people constantly coming in the house, smoking and drinking and stuff. Like, did you? How did that make you feel as a mother? Or was it more like you know, going I feel to like, work? So, but I feel like sometimes mothers are like more like protective of yeah. the children than fathers are. So, like, I mean, I was because I was with you more. Yeah. But I also felt like, um, were you working at all? I don't know. I was just not at first. Okay. But I was just a part of it and. You know, they don't, y'all can't smoke in the house, but, you know, right. you run out the room and everybody like, Trey, you right. know, right. Dee's, yeah. like, right. Dee's like, your family too, right. you know, so right. everybody looked out for you, everybody looked out for us, it was just kind of like, I didn't, I never felt like I was in danger, like right. they selling drugs and we gonna get busted right. or, right. they just kind of kept that. You know, it was, they, it was their business. Yeah. It, that's what they, they that's didn't, my business. I never saw them do it. You right. know, they would just, if somebody wanted a drink, they'll come upstairs and have a drink with Kimball right. or go out on the porch and smoke or right. Right. 
whatever, you know. So, um, it was just, but when I did start working, you remember how, you even remember like how your dad used to work doubles mm-hmm. and he would still come home and like take us for ice cream or right. take us riding. Like right. he was always that person. He was never the type to just work and come home and go to sleep. Right. Like he would always want to, let's do something. Let's, you right, know. Right. So when I started working, I worked part time. So when he came home from work in the morning, I would go to work at Winn-Dixie uh-huh. and he would just like, have you like he would send me pictures of y'all on the porch like even after he worked all night he was just still you know i i didn't feel like you're gonna fall asleep on my baby or something like that i didn't feel like that because i don't know for me i just felt like he was just he was a a happy father you know and he was he was good okay yeah so when did the church happen though um, oh, like I was saying oh, yeah, yeah. today, yeah, so um he would he would go on his lunch break mm-hmm. from eleven to twelve, okay, and um one night we was flipping the channels, mm-hmm. and that's when we saw Pastor r j Washington on television. Mm-hmm. And we just kind of, he would come home on his lunch break anyway. Yeah. But when we found that, he would come home for that. Okay. He came home, he came on TV every night. Okay. And so we just started watching it and it was like exciting. Like yeah. we was, we were enjoying the broadcast. Yeah. So we um found out where the church was and started going and he got saved. He gave his life to Christ mm-hmm. soon after we started going. Right. But I didn't, I was like, okay, like, just because you ready to, you know, <laughs> okay. I mean, I wasn't right. no. loving, I was never like a wild person, yeah. but I, w- I just wasn't ready to, Like, you didn't feel a connection This, there. This is what happened, though. He went in, like, when he gave his life to Christ, yeah. he went in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like, no more secular music, no, I... I still want to listen to Hot 107.5 or whatever. You know. <laughs> okay, right. So I'm just like, so in a in a sense, I felt like we kind of grew apart a little bit during yeah. that time in the beginning. Yeah. Because I just felt like he's just taking it too far. Like, Which a lot of new Christians do, do that. Yeah. They yeah. do that. They yeah. do the extreme. Yeah. Real saved. Yeah. So um, it took me a little while. I don't know how long, but... Mm-hmm. After a while, I think I just saw, I really saw his life change. Okay. Like, I really, like, you know, from mm-hmm. what he was uh-huh. to what he was, you know, and then just kind of finding. Like, change for the better? Yeah. Okay. And finding a purpose for his life and something to get involved into okay. and something to be a part of. Right. And so, because when I met him, like, my family life was boring because my sister is 24 years older than me. Right. I got four brothers and one sister, but they're all older than me. Right. So I never... Had a connection. I didn't have a connection with my siblings. Mm-hmm. He did, but it was always the same thing. Let's put some meat on the grill and we drinking and we smoking mm-hmm. and we... Right. It was like one extreme to the next. Right. right. So, you know, I just felt like, okay... Maybe this is something 
Maybe he's right. for real about this. Yeah. Maybe we can do this together. Right. And then, you know, right. I I surrendered right. my life. <laughs> and um but I'm grateful for the foundation that mm-hmm. we received. But now that I know what I know now, it was just really to the extreme. Yeah. Because I would even hear from people at work, like at the time when I was working, um, I remember specifically talking to a girl that I work with and I said, girl, my baby came home doing a Tootsie Roll. I was talking about you. Uh-huh. You was at um, University Christian and she uh-huh. was like, girl, you got to let this baby live. Like you right. got to, he is in the world. You can't keep him sheltered. Like right. you can't keep mm-hmm. him in a church all the time, you know. Right. But I just felt like, you know, I don't know how you feel like you just got to protect your kids Mm -hmm. from the world. So to answer your question, you weren't born into it, but you were very young. I just feel like I remember. Like, I feel like if I can go back to as far as I can remember, that's the first thing I remember was Titus Harvest Center. And it was this blue suit that my dad had. I'll never forget that. (laughs) I think he worked in the parking lot ministry, I feel like. And we had a red car at one point. Yeah. I just remember, that's like as far back as I can remember. Mm-hmm. Just that cobblestone church. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and I was in a choir mm-hmm. and he was a part of the prison ministry and... Um, okay, so what's the hardest part of being a mother? Um, for me, I think it's... Or feeling... for you, like what was the hardest part of being a mother for you? Because, you know, everybody has their own... Yeah. Trumps. Um... Just feeling like you want to protect your children from everything. Like, we know in reality we can't protect them from everything. Mm -hmm. But if you ask your mom to see your child hurt from anything, it's like the worst. Like, from anything. Like, it doesn't matter if it's a physical hurt from falling down outside. Right. Or if it is a hurt from the way somebody treated them, being bullied, or whatever. So I just think the hardest part is just learning a balance with, you know, protect, trying to, you know, trying to let them fly, but protect them. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yes. Um, And you have two. Yes. You have Trey and his sister, Kimberly. So, did you ever want any more after Kimberley, or was like that was like I'm really really done. I was done. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> like hers was easier. Mm-hmm. Um, now with Trey, I was sick only for three months, and then I was good until the labor and delivery part. Then I was scarred. Right. But with her. I wasn't necessarily sick. I just had this awful taste in my mouth the whole nine months. Mm. So I kept like a bag of gummy bears or some kind of candy to suck on. Because I wasn't a fan of spitting in a cup. Right. Oh, and I hate seeing I had a teacher, who a home economics teacher, teach us how to cook yeah. while spitting in a cup. But it makes you feel like that. Yeah. Like that. No, that I had a, um, when I was working at Forever 21, I had um, a coworker. She got pregnant. But, like, they had to put her on bed rest. Like, she couldn't leave the house because 
everything like made her feel nauseous like yeah. her husband had to stop wearing cologne mm-hmm. yeah. like mm-hmm. um they had to get like non-scented lotions and like yeah. like because yeah. anything like fragrance wise like just food, the world like, even some food stuff like yeah, yeah the whole world is just yeah. stank. <laughs> right so like every little thing like set her off and she was just constantly like you know like throwing up mm-hmm. or like feeling nauseous and so they had to like put her on bed rest mm-hmm. and she couldn't leave the house i remember going to olive garden mm-hmm. one time and i love chicken alfredo <laughs> but i went to olive garden when i was pregnant with you mm-hmm. one time and when the when they set that white alfredo in front of me and i smelled it mm-hmm. no more alfredo which is funny because <laughs> trey don't like white sauces but i love alfredo though uh-huh. i just hate like white stuff in general but i didn't eat it for a long time afterwards and right. i was just like hesitant even when i started back right. but yeah, it's just funny. That's funny things. Before like we get that. into motherhood, I have one last question. Okay. Well, like, some questions around that <laughs> one last question. Why did y'all get a divorce? Um, That is... In your opinion. Yeah. that That's a really... um, That's not a short answer to that question, but I feel like... I didn't know how to love myself mm-hmm. at that time. And so being responsible for, you know, loving another person, mm-hmm. how they are supposed to be loved. And then the responsibility of a child who I felt like was my first responsibility. Right. Um, I just wasn't good at that. Right. I wasn't good at that. That balance. That balance, yeah. that multitasking. I just... I just wasn't. And so that's what I've learned in the past years since I have been divorced is how could I possibly have thought that I could love Mm -hmm. someone else when I didn't even know how to love myself? You know, it was just kind of like not having the experience of Finding myself, knowing who I was, being independent. Do you think that's because, like, because you got pregnant at nineteen, and then you you were in this relationship, like you didn't really have that that life experience beforehand? Because, yeah. like, when you're nineteen, like, you know, most people are like going to college and like experience all this stuff with their right. friends away, or mm-hmm. some people like going to workforce or trade school or whatever. So they have life experiences, and then they settle down. Like, do you feel like it was just like I'm out of high school and then I'm settled down? I so did. I came straight days. from my parents to my husband, but I also feel like I I wasn't, I don't know, I didn't get the, I don't know, I guess like some of the things that we may teach our children now because of the age of my parents, they had already raised, right. you know, six children and nobody else was there. So they just always like, Brushed over stuff they, with you. They showed me. They showed me love through things. Oh, okay. you know. So whatever you know, I re- I remember hearing my friends talk about. Stacy was the first one to get her own phone line in her room, or you know, right. I I said I didn't want to ride the bus in my senior year, and I had a car. I didn't. I didn't have to think about how your sister's saying I want a car, but I got to figure out how I'm gonna pay the car note. Right. That wasn't an issue for me. It right. was just kind of like when I wanted a TV in my room, I had a TV. I just talked to somebody about this the other day saying that 
I never actually heard my father say I love you, but he showed he showed it in other ways. Right. Like his like, love language. Yeah, like like when you were born, I was still at home, like I said, for yeah. five months. I don't remember washing your clothes. Right. My daddy would come in my room and get his clothes and wash them. And we didn't even have a dryer at the time. Hang them outside. Take right. them in, fold them, and bring them back to me. Right. Like, he just, he did things like that before I got a car. Whenever I wanted to go somewhere, he probably... So, do you feel like things like that in your childhood probably hindered you from, like, yeah, doing just, things just on your own? Yeah, just talking about like... things, being open with me. Yeah. But I'm... I don't, I'm not bitter with them about that because they did what they knew how to do. Right. That's how they were raised. And so my mom didn't talk to me about certain things that I talked to my daughter about growing up, you know, teaching her about her menstrual cycle and, you know, now you can have kids and, and sex and all that stuff. We didn't, we didn't have those conversations. So I just kind of felt like, um, I came out just, okay, I'm going to go to <laughs> cosmetology school. Because right. when I talked about going to college, we don't have no money for that. Like, you right. need to get a job and, you know, with some benefits. and Right. As, as older well, people yeah. do. Yeah. So, it was just kind of like I made this decision to go to cosmetology school when... I don't even know if that's really what I wanted to do. I just wanted to do something. You figured like it would be a a cute job. (laughs) So, um, yeah, it's just, um, I just feel like I didn't know who I was. I didn't know really how to love me. Mm -hmm. And so trying to be a wife to somebody. um, So we just kind of, we grew apart. But for just, but twenty one years, and that was what is but, the, what are the people in the church gonna say? I was gonna okay. say because sometimes I feel like with relationships, people can stay for a long time, but they just be going through the motions. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's like it's I've known people who have been in long relationships, and like the break when they break up, like people be like, oh, they got with somebody real quick, but it's like they ain't really. Like the the past five six years mentally, of their relationship, gone. yeah. For the last five six years of their relationship, they they were already mentally gone. Right. So it's like they were just going through the motions, and right. nobody had the, I guess, the courage or the the strength to say like, okay, we are together, but this mm-hmm. ain't really and that's a what relationship. It is. It's the courage, like not having the courage to just. Think for yourself. Right. Think for we gonna think for this house. Right. It doesn't matter what the people in the church are gonna say. Right. Um, you know, okay, we are be it's being thrown at us every day that God hates divorce. God hates right. divorce. So it's like, okay, we can't do that because God hates divorce. So right. it's just kind of like you stay there until you either learn better, mm. you know better, you do better. Or, you know, somebody gets the courage and grows up enough to say, this is not... Or you end up resenting each other and, yeah, and cheating. Exactly. And then yeah. you're still doing stuff yeah. in secret that you're not supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. So last question with that. What hurts the most about divorce? I think that's situational, though. Because I feel like some people, their divorce 
is uh, based on different things. Yeah. Like some people, their divorce is based on like an adultery situation. Yeah. Or like some people's divorce is based on like, you know what I'm saying? Like we just grew apart because we're going in different directions. Or like we want different things for the family. Right. We can't agree. So we're constantly fighting or like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so I feel like to say what hurts the most, like would be different That's for, true. for different That's people. True. Well, for you. And for me, I think, um, you know, thinking back because once we separated, mm-hmm. we always had this conversation. There's really nothing that we couldn't have fixed if we would have just came out of ourselves, like mm-hmm. not being selfish, like not being too selfish or too prideful to change the things that we needed to change individually mm-hmm. so that we could come back together. Gotcha. Like, but, you know, I always think about how. I could have been, I could have done this different. I could have done that different. Mm -hmm. I could have been a a better wife Mm -hmm. at this, or I could have been a better wife at that. But now, since I've been reading this book Mm -hmm. um, that Kim Brene bought me, Relationship Goals Mm -hmm. by Michael Michael Todd, Mm -hmm. I realized that I don't think that I'm the person that could have pushed him to his purpose like maybe this is his purpose maybe Mm -hmm. what he's doing now is what he should have been doing a long time ago because I realized that that's always been in him but we weren't on the same level playing field page with that and so I feel like it's important to be with somebody that can help you get to your purpose Mm -hmm. or that can you know, once you're, if you're there when you meet that person, somebody that can just, you know, they can be on that same no, level with you. I get you. that. Because there are things like, especially with me and Ashton, like there are things where like he's really passionate about. And I'm like, that's cute. It's not really for me, yeah. but it's cute. But I'm going to support you still. Yeah. Like I'm going to listen to you. Mm-hmm. Like when you talk about mm-hmm. it, I'm going to be at any like little event that you you know, have and that you want me to be at. And I'm going to ask you, like, how things are going with that. And I'm going to give you ideas if you ask me for help. But it's just not necessarily my thing. But I'm still going to be there to, like, push you. And that's important because, for instance, when he was trying to do the lawn business. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What? Like, okay, you had a, okay. You know, I don't want right. I don't want to hear right. nothing. I don't want to, you know, right. even when he would talk to me about I'm about receipt book and I need you to do and I just be like, you know, it's helping with the things that we need help with around the house, but I'm still not interested. Right. And that's just like the part of me that was not mature enough yeah. to okay, I may not be interested in this, but is is it beneficial to us? Is right. it beneficial to our household? You know, mm-hmm. and it is. So I'm gonna do what I need to do to help. Right, right, right. Whatever you Listen, know. Write these little receipts out. Yeah, like I, it's not like I gotta be out there getting sweaty and dirty. He's right. the one out there in the heat, getting right. sweaty, getting dirty, making the sacrifice after he done work. Listen, are you doing this six. putting somebody's name in a little yeah, calendar book? But <laughs> I'm still like, Chow. right? I ain't doing you that. Know? So right. yeah, that is that helps a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like it's sometimes in relationships when that occurs, mm-hmm. like you're seeing it as like I don't want to do that, mm-hmm. and you just like that's it. But from the other person's point of view, they can see it as like 
they don't support me. Yeah, exactly. They don't really want to. Yeah, they don't. They're not really on my team. I feel alone. And so then, like, that could be a breakdown in like communication and and things like that. Absolutely. So yeah, I mean, I get that. Cause that's that's how me and one of my exes was. Cause he was he was on this whole thing of uh, he wanted to have a church and da da da, da, and I was just like, no, (laughs) I'm not doing that. Yeah, that's not me. That's not who I am. Yeah, no. And you ain't wanna know nothing about it. No, no, yeah, sure didn't. Mm -hmm. And so then he went on this. You don't support me and my dreams and da 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 da. da. All right, well I'll go. Yeah, (laughs) and you have your dreams. Yeah. Questions. Oh, all of my questions are like really about motherhood. I mean, yeah, that's um, what I'm saying. Like, so I wanted to get that part the way first. Um, is there anything that you would have done like differently as a mom, like for your kids or with your kids? Or yes, um, specifically with Trey, when he was younger, um, when his dad first like really got into the church and started doing prison ministry, I would always place the blame on him for not taking you outside and throwing a ball, not taking you to, you know, just doing things with you. Yeah. Yeah. When I could have done that, you know, I could have done that. And so I feel like I placed the blame on him. Like he's, you're never here to do this, that, and the third with Trey when in actuality, I could have done it. You know, it wasn't anything that I couldn't have done. Do you think that's because of like societal, like the way they impose gender roles on people? Like the man is supposed to do all that? Yeah. That's how I felt then. Right. I mean, I was... Right. Twenty twenty one. So yeah, right. That's how I felt. And then I, I guess during those times, people like most Americans thought like you know. Yeah, and another thing is with both of them, I feel like if it was something that they got involved in, and I'm guilty of that even now, mm-hmm. that with myself, if y'all wanted to quit, I let y'all quit. Mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, mm-hmm. just say mm-hmm. like. No, we're going to finish this out. And then if you don't want to do it, once you finish it, then okay. But, you know, if one of them came home in tears saying, right. I don't want to do this, then I was like, okay. See, that's how my dad was. Because I played, I played baseball for two years. Mm-hmm. But, well, like Little League. But um, I remember after my first year, I was like, okay, this is fun. But, like, during my second year, I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. But my daddy was like, no, you got to finish out the season. Like, mm-hmm. you're on a team, finish out the season. So, after I finished out the season, then he was like, okay, if you don't want to go back mm-hmm. for the next season, like, that's fine. Yeah. But, like, at least finish out this mm-hmm. season. So. Yeah. I get that. So, yeah. Um, In what ways do you think your children are like you? That's a good question. <laughs> like when they do things, you be like, "Ooh, that's just like me." Um, I feel like the way that they love and care for people, like their heart towards people, I think that that's a lot. Um, one physical thing that I noticed with me and Trey, like we rub our feet the same way. <laughs> like, I notice him, like, if we sitting up watching TV or something, he'll cross his ankles and rub his feet like that. <laughs> I do that. <laughs> um, but um, I think for the most part, it's just like 
because we'll have conversations among the three of us and like we'll just be like who raised you like you know we just think (laughs) like it's kind of like we think everybody should think like this but they don't and so i just think you know the way that um the love and the care and and just you know the way that we see um how people should be treated you know i think we kind of all on the same page with that so people always ask me like how was your coming out experience mm-hmm. and i was just like oh, yeah. i don't think i ever like came out you did. like i thought we had a conver- <laughs> i thought we had a conversation i just didn't feel like that's coming the, out but the way people set theirs up i'm like oh like what? I just people always have these whole like their stories. I'm just like, if this is what it is, I ain't do all that. Like I just did. Did you ever like feel like you did something wrong or oh my god? First like, off, did you know before he told you? Yes. Okay. What? How? How? Or what? What? Um. Parents be knowing. I don't know. I just felt like I knew. I just felt like I don't know. I just felt like I knew. I just you felt like you knew I, he was gay, or you just felt like he was different. Different. I say different. Um, I say different. So then, when we had a conversation, did you feel bad or blame yourself? Yes, or? I remember the exact conversation where we were everything <laughs> yes we were in the house at 1110 colony trail really and you asked me to take a walk with you down the sidewalk because you wanted this. to talk about something okay and you told how do you not me, remember this i don't remember this this is like a big maybe, turning point in your it life probably was kind of like like it's sometimes they'll say stuff to me and they'll say ma you don't remember that and I'll say, I don't, because I think it was a period in my life that I was just trying to get through. And okay. I just don't have a memory of some little things that yeah. I probably should yeah. have a memory of, but I just don't. So I think that's with him. Like, he probably, because I know how it is for Trey when he dreads something. Like, I think he almost black out to, to get through it. <laughs> right. And then he comes back. So I just think that that was something that he was just trying to get through. And then, you know, just kind of maybe see how I was going to react. But we walked. We talked. I listened to you. I didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. I listened. And then I remember I started crying. Mm-hmm. And I told you that I love you no matter what. I said, I said, (laughs) one thing that's never going to change is you being my son. I say, you always going to be my child. Mm -hmm. And I love you no matter what. So, um, I didn't, I don't think we had like a conversation about how I felt. Right. But personally, I felt, I asked myself all those questions. Yeah. Like, did I do something wrong? Like, right. Especially maybe, being raised to believe that if you're gay, you're going to hell. Like, yeah. I feel like that yeah. has a big part And not, it wasn't about being raised because we didn't have those conversations in my house. Yeah. So, 
I was oblivious to that right. growing up because I didn't know anybody that was gay. I didn't. Or if you did know somebody, they probably didn't uh, tell you or like you yeah. didn't you didn't know about yeah. them being gay. Yeah. Right. So you know, it was like okay, growing up, getting older, having children, and now I'm at this church where you going to hell. Right. Right. So it was just kind of like. Then that's when I started asking myself those questions. Yeah. Um, you know, where did I go wrong? Did I do something wrong? You know, mm-hmm. so, yeah, I felt all of that. But I never, ever had a thought of, I'm not going to talk to you. I'm going to push you away. I'm going right. to treat you differently. Or Do you ever think my dad was too harsh? Yeah, I kind of thought, I felt like he was um, ignorant, Mm -hmm. that he wasn't willing to listen or understand. Mm -hmm. Did y'all have arguments about Trey? No. Well, I'm not even just saying about like, I'm not even saying like about being gay. I'm just saying in general, as far as like, oh, like how y'all were raised. Just do you think that my dad was too harsh or to just in general in raising me personally no because i mean did he ever whoop you did my dad ever whoop me that was one of my questions are you serious are you kidding me no i remember maybe okay i won't say ever i think i probably remember two oh no girl please kim bernay probably got one or two he was wearing me out Okay, that that sounds abusive. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, like often. You some yes, several. I remember the majority of them happened at Heather Ridge. I'll start there. <laughs> that was gonna be one of my questions to you, okay. like if you uh ever, if you ever spanked one of your children. I don't think you ever. I think have. the spankings for me was like on the hand yeah. or right pinching, you know, right. something like that, but. <laughs> right. It wasn't never like, like my dad never hit me before, right. but my mama would go get a switch from outside. Oh, yes, right. Wait till you get She's in the, the tub man. and tell Ooh. you to get out. And, yes, while your, while your skin oh. still, still nice and soft. <laughs> but, um, I don't know. I think you probably felt more than I did because like i know that as you got i think as you got older mm-hmm. um you know probably his words probably hurt more than anything mm-hmm. but i just i personally just feel like he was ignorant and he just wasn't willing to to listen to learn or to understand okay so hmm. okay that's interesting. Do you ever, where is it? Do you ever fear or have concerns about me as a black gay man living in America? Absolutely, all the time. Yes. I told somebody that because I was like, you know, you hear these stories about like black men being killed and things like that or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think somebody asked me, has that ever affected me? Or there was a conversation about like being pulled over by police and all things like that. Mm-hmm. And I think because I just, in a, on a spiritual aspect, mm-hmm. I've always just had this whole, and even being taught like about fear, and mm-hmm. I've had this whole like, I don't fear dying. Yeah. I fear 
not accomplishing, like dying without accomplishing yeah. and not having like, what did I do? Mm-hmm. Like while I was on earth, what did I do? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think for me, it's more like, I'm not saying that it can't happen to me. I'm saying that like, I just, I can't live in fear. Yeah. And so I think that I've had moments where I feel bad knowing that I feel that energy from you. Okay. Like, it can be as simple as, like, be safe. But mm-hmm. the be safe just has some emotion yeah. behind it. You know what I I'm saying? I think I didn't feel it as much. Like, I've always had it, those feelings, those fears. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it got worse when you started doing drag. Okay. Like, for you to... Like, I never wanted you to feel embarrassed mm-hmm. around me. But when you leave out the house with your face, face made up, up yeah. it just that does something to me because right. you I know how especially, cruel people can be. Yes, exactly. And I'm gonna tell you one time that I felt like you know how you can have like knots in your stomach when I drove you to the movie set where Tajik Hall mm-hmm. was on. Yeah. And you was in the car with me. Yeah. And I feel like a mama, like if somebody mm-hmm. say something while I'm around and I hear it, right? Like I just felt like, please God, don't let nobody say nothing. Like, just, please, <laughs> like I just don't want to. Like it's like a hurt. Like yeah. we talked about earlier. Like yeah. you don't want to hear. Like when, like the other night when you came home and said they was screaming. Oh yeah, you know, out the car things, yeah. at y'all. Yeah. I don't want to hear that. Like right, I right. don't want to hear. It's just like being bullied with right. any normal child. Like, the your mama don't want to hear that. Right. You can come home and you can tell me about it. You can cry about it and we can handle it. Right. But if I hear it, right. like, that's a whole different level. Uh-huh. If right. you hear them right. charging, right. you know hurtful words towards your child or doing hurtful things towards your child it's just like it's just a whole nother right level a Mm -hmm. whole nother level so i just always like that's why i'm just always like okay be safe but it's just like i just lord just don't let nobody hurt my child just don't like i don't i don't want to ever that's just not something that i want to deal with but it um you know, it's yeah. something that that we always think about. Right. You know, we always think about because we know the the world that we live in. So. Right. Okay. Um. You got any more questions? I have a few, but I mean, I don't. No, you can go ahead. Um. What piece of advice um would you give to like other parents raising LGBT kids? That was one of my questions. You know what? Let's pertain into. People who are raised in the church, if they have a child that is gay or comes out as gay or anything like that, as a parent, what could you say to them? Like, like for instance, when one of my friends said I have corona, mm-hmm. the first thing I said was, don't tell nobody. Mm-hmm. Because it's going to escalate the fear and anxiety you already have. And people are going to make this... Like, when you don't have a level of faith of uh, you will be okay and you will get better you will take care of yourself mm-hmm. everything becomes a panic and a fear yeah. and so the first thing I said when he told me it was like don't tell nobody mm-hmm. 
because they're going to make you feel worse than what you already feel. They're going to intensify the anxiety you already are having because yeah. you already got to tell your job now your job is make you feel dirty almost because yeah. they got to send a letter out yeah. about somebody got and had you been in contact with them mm-hmm. so let's just get through two weeks first and then if it if it get worse i got you we yeah. can figure this out but let's just yeah. deal with and it and i feel like people are not on the same level with you know being able to truly walk in the love of God mm-hmm. or um, you know people just still have this idea in their head that you're going to hell like right. God is against it he is not so some people you just can't tell them you have to you have to be that person right. for them so you have to so if I could just say I've been there and I just suggest that you continue loving your child. Like don't treat your child any differently. That's still your child. They're going to always be your child. Um, I've had people ask me questions Mm -hmm. at Publix. Mm -hmm. Is your son gay? My son is grown. If you want to know, go ask him. Right. You follow him on Instagram. You follow him on Facebook. Right. That's not my conversation to have with you. Right. So if you want to know something, just go ask him. Right. So that's something that you don't need to run around crying to your family, crying to your friends. Girl, what should I do? Or that's something that once you have that conversation with your child, you need to deal with that within yourself. Right. And then just continue right. loving your child. Right. Because right. it ain't nothing worse than somebody going to their homegirl and now your homegirl done filled your head with all this exactly. crap. Exactly. And now you come back home and then... Not yeah. to mention she either don't have no kids or <laughs> kids ain't even at an age to yeah. even have experience okay. nothing. Mm-hmm. It's going to always... I think it's going to always be parts of your child's life that you're gonna struggle with and that yeah. you're gonna like like even if Trey wasn't gay like you probably would struggle with something else or like have an yeah. opinion about something else whether they're gay or not yeah. yeah so it's like when we went to Jacksonville uh-huh. for Thanksgiving and Sharon asked me was I going to your show yeah. and I said probably not right. and she was like she threw out this comment like the way she said it Yeah. she said um, oh I just First of all, she asked me if I go, if I could pay for her ticket. Right. <laughs> so I said, well, I'm probably not going to go. Right. She was like, oh, well, that's cool. I just thought you would go support him. So I just had to have a conversation with her. And right. I told her, it's not about supporting him. I said, before I even met Trey's dad, you know, right. or after being married, people would invite me to go watch the drag shows. Personally, that's just never been my thing. Right. Like, it's just, right. it don't have nothing to do with being in a church or if these people are gay or yeah. straight or whatever. Right. It's right. just never been. It's just like if somebody was, the, if somebody today was just invite me to go watch drag Golf. racing or yeah, yeah or a monster, exactly. a monster truck show and i'm like exactly that's just not that's your just thing. Not thing so it just it just was never my thing right. personally right. so i was like it i said sharon it don't have nothing to do with me supporting him i right. just it's just you know but the reason we came mm-hmm. was because 
Nelly got super excited when I told her. Right. Like she was like, "Oh my God, for real, <laughs> sis, let's go, friend, right. <laughs> Like I've been waiting to do something, you know. So right. I was like, "Okay, we can go." Right. Like the tickets, I don't know, five dollars. Like yeah. yeah. So I was like, "Okay." I was like, "Now you want to go?" She was like, "Yeah, I'll go." Right. It wasn't. It okay. That's fine. You know, right. let's go. That was but my it's not first just your time jump going. To... Right. But it wasn't. Who like, that said that's your first time? It was. I'm just saying, like, no, it's, I'm just saying, it's like, good that that was your first time, though. She missed, um, she missed all the beginning stuff. Well, no, I'm saying that's my first time as far as like experiencing a drag show because I was the only drag queen that was dancing. But dance. still, uh, but still, yeah. you heard what the girl who was over it was saying to me afterwards. Yeah. Like several times, she was like, "Oh my god, like you, his mama, like I can't believe you here. Right. Like I can't believe." Oh, they I, always. But I was just looking at her like. Okay. Like, because it's really? a, it, no, because it's a real thing. But like I people come that. out, yeah. and then their parents just disown them. Like and they don't I have no that. communication. Yeah. They cut like, off. Anytime you go money. to a drag show, if they find the parents in the room, their parents get shouted out. Yeah, because it's rare. Yeah, that Very your parents like there are some people, especially ain't never especially black drag queens. Yeah, because you know the white that. drag queens, they they mamas be making their yeah. outfits. <laughs> like, but you know I what think mean? I think I just didn't realize like how people look at it like i didn't look at it as i'm not supporting him i looked at it as that's just not my thing right it was just right. it wasn't that right, i wasn't right, supporting right. you it's just not my thing right 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 so but to to just say i'm not going you know right. no when nelly <laughs> right. was like girl friend let's go right. i was like okay let's go right. like you know yeah. so yeah, what I just that? think that it's gonna always be something, you know. Yeah. Just it doesn't matter. It's just always gonna be something. Gotcha. So bottom line, lead with love. Right. Yes. Yes. Um, I think that's. I mean, that's. I mean, pretty much. I mean, because literally, just by you talking, you answered right. like all the questions. Some of my questions, anyway. Yeah. Um. Oh well, here. Do you think that anyone can ever like? truly be ready to have a child yes i do i do um and i think that a lot of women get to that point Mm -hmm. in their lives where you know they have and i'm not saying this for everybody i'm just saying some women get to their lives where they feel like okay i've been to college i'm in my career you know i'm i'm they may even be married and say, you know, we have experienced a year or two together. Now right. I want to add to this and have children. But you can, you know, it's just, it's always going to be some surprises or, you know, like along the way. Yeah, yeah, that new things that you're going to be learning about it and um, ups and downs. But yeah, I feel like. Right. Some people really do, I mean, get to that point where, and some people, some women look forward to that all their lives, you know? Yeah. Like, some, <laughs> some people do. It's just like, I want a family. Like, I hear Kimberly saying it now. Like, some at some point, like right now, she want to just be a good auntie. But I hear her saying, you know, someday... 
she wants to get married right and now have she children. just want to move to texas yeah <laughs> move to texas right. yeah i don't know what For that whatever yeah. reason. okay girl <laughs> sure. ain't never been <laughs> But yeah, one she of them, she oh, with my dad. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, do you think it's easier for people to raise a child now than when like you were raising your kids? I think it. I think <laughs> it. It depends on what you mean by that. Only because like, I think it was easier back then as far as social media raising kids. Now yeah. if that makes sense. Like, I, but but it all starts at home. I just think. I just think setting boundaries and just um um just helping your children to be aware of certain things being open with them keeping you know having certain conversations with them as they grow up just teaching them different things you know i just think um our world is evolving regardless so You know, as we evolve, as we change and grow, just like parenting has to change. Yeah, too. it absolutely, absolutely. Yep, we have to be willing to change and grow. So, I just think it starts at home, and the rest is history. Yeah. Okay, well, that's Do cute. you have any questions or anything that you would like to ask or say? <laughs> Probably coming out of the questions that you've asked me, have you ever felt like I haven't? Like, when I say drag hasn't ever been my thing, mm-hmm. I don't think I ever told you that. Yeah. I did. I think you okay. told me, like, once So or I twice. just was wondering, like, did you ever feel like... Not supported. I, yeah. Like I, um, like, I didn't support you. I've just always... I think I'm okay with it now, mm-hmm. but at one point... I wanted, for lamest terms, keep that same energy. Like, for instance, you are everybody's mom. Mm-hmm. It just that's just a natural thing, which I've never been mad about. I think it's really cool. Like, I've met so many great people, and like, Kimberly coming home and this faux hood niggas behind, and it's like, wait a minute, but you're like yeah. six. Where these niggas come from? <laughs> um, yeah. But I think I've always want. I think I've just wanted that on my end too as far as like I mean I, I don't even know how to say it but it's more like if anything I've wanted you to come to something just because you wanted to be there you know and I'm saying like I feel like for me I don't want to say oh I came to a drag show because she came because Nelly was excited to come and Miss Sharon wants to go yeah. like I think it's like just once I would like you to just come there. to something mm-hmm because you want to be there and just like see my world like Mm -hmm. because i feel like that thing you came to was not yeah and it's not i don't even i say that it's not even to say that i won't or that i wouldn't have if i didn't come to that one but i don't know i just maybe not there yet or hadn't gotten there yet so i I don't know i get that but i don't but i'm not like mad because i even people even have in conversation like one thing I will always say is no matter what I do know that my mother loves me mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying like I can't I can't tell you her personal thoughts on me mm-hmm. but I know that she loves me yeah and that you know so but I think of anything I just 
I think I just want my mom to experience like my world, yeah. like whether it be a pride event or just one of the good nights at the club. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, other than also that, too, I feel like with drag being a thing that happens mostly in club settings. Yeah. Like once, one, I feel like once your parents reach a certain age, it's like. They be like, it's not a club. Yeah. Like, you know, or not like, even that. It's two it's, things. It's not, it's, not that that a club. Wanna, it's not that they don't want to be there. It's just like, it's not a club. It's loud in the there. Time, the, time the time right. that it starts, the time that it starts, I'm already, I'm already brought. Not even, I'm like, leaving the house at 10.30. It ain't even. <laughs> that's, but that's what I'm saying. So it's like, right. sometimes it's, it's not necessarily even like that they don't want to come or want to support or yeah. whatever you want to call it. It's just that it'd be, so late. it'd be so it's so many other factors in it yeah. that are a deterrent when you right. reach a certain age. I'm usually like in the bed when you leave it out. Yes, the door. I'm <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. So imagine her like, yeah. ooh, I gotta put on and my then I, outfit. And, and then I get here, ain't nowhere to sit. Right. That's, what that's what I'm saying. Literally, why is gotta be so I, loud I in here? Both sides, yeah. so I get it. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, but that's. That's it. Thanks for being on the Peach Tea Podcast. Thank you for having me. Um, that was I know fun. we were going to try to have my mom too, but she uh, works Everybody's a million schedules. jobs. Yeah. So, yeah. But we're going to try to have my mom on too and ask yeah. her questions. Okay. So, yeah. Um, so, you won't feel alone like you was in the hot seat. <laughs> right. Is there anywhere that you want the people to follow you or not? You don't have to. It don't matter. I mean, my page is not that exciting. <laughs> Apparently it is. <laughs> Because Chantel called me, she was like, Mama Stacy be having me cracking up with her little story. She take off her little mask. Yes. And she be talking. When she sit in the car and she take her little mask off. Real cute. And then she's hey, like, y'all. Uh-huh. <laughs> Listen, so. she about to be a, a celebrity out here in these streets. At Stacy Cake on Instagram. S-T-A-C-E-Y-C-A-K-E. Uh-huh. Um, you can follow me at the real Trevaris and at Princess Carter. Remember Princesses with a Y and an I. You can follow me at underscore Dommy Boy underscore. And you can follow us together at the Peach Tea Podcast on Instagram. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, things you want to talk about, of course you can always slide in the DMs or email us um at the Peach Tea Podcast at gmail.com. Um, thank you guys so much for listening and yeah, we will talk to you later. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Uh, We're not doing that with your mama here. <laughs> <laughs>